Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, July the 22nd, 2022. It is currently 4.30 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Everything inside of me, everything inside my emotions, everything inside my mind is telling me it's not worth it. Don't do it. All you're going to do is get people upset at you. You're going to make everyone angry. You're going to lose listeners. You're going to lose subscribers. Don't do it. Just just talk about anything else. But obviously, I'm not listening to everything that is telling me not to do so. Because I think... I think all the things telling me not to do it is nothing more than basically my own self-preservation. It, it's my own going, you know what, that you, you can't go there. You can't talk about that because you know how Christians will react. You know the majority of Christians are going to get upset with you. They're going to say you're liberal. They're going to say you're a compromiser. They're going to say you're ungodly. They're going to say you're pathetic and that you need to take a stand for Jesus. And they're gonna, And they're all going to get very, very upset with you. And I do know that, but I can't, I can't, I cannot, I, I, I have to do this. Here's what happened. About what, 45 minutes ago, an hour ago, one of my friends, or well, I can't say an acquaintance, cause we've never really actually met, but a, a, an acquaintance from Nebraska, we both have a, a very, we both have a, the same hobby that we love and we talk about it all the time. He messaged me and like, you're not, you know, basically you're not going to believe the news. Did you see this? And I was like, whoa, what is going on? No way. This can't be happening, right? It's like big news, but I don't want to talk about the news because then everyone will focus on that, right? So I'm like, okay, I got to get more information. I got to get more information. So I start looking at different websites and I'm looking some things and then I end up checking Twitter because there's all kinds of tweets obviously going on about this. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I can get some more information. And all of a sudden, I see a tweet. And I'm like, what is this? It has absolutely nothing to do with the breaking news. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do about being a parent, about a child, and about Christians as parents, and a child that lives in a Christian home. Now, my perspectives on some of this, I know, are somewhat contrary to a lot of what you find in the evangelical world. And I don't really apologize for that. Because I think a lot of times within Christianity, there are some philosophies and there are some perspectives on Christian parenting that I think is not only horrific, not only do I believe in many cases are, ec- are extra biblical, I, I won't necessarily say, I won't, I won't use the term unbiblical, they're extra biblical because they come up with, poly- with ideas and rules that I don't think are anywhere in the Bible. And I think in many cases, they, it destroys relationships. I think a lot of Christian parenting leads to more broken relationships than it does to anything positive. I'm not saying in every case. I'm saying that I just think it's too frequent. I have seen, in my Christian life, I have seen pretty much every kind of parental philosophy and parenting style be put forth in Christian homes. I I think I've seen them all, and I've seen failure, quote-unquote success. I've seen things blow up. I, I, I've just seen it all. And in many cases, I look back and go, what are we really trying to do? Because I think somewhere in the, in, in, when it comes to Christian parenting, we forget this. That's your child. That is your daughter. That is your son. And we almost forget our child, we almost forget that relationship and we are more, cons- more concerned with our, 
our theology or our belief or our, we, we place our, think about it this way. We place, and you got to hear what I'm going to say here. We place our Christianity above our relationship with the child. And in one hand, I understand that. Jesus made it very clear that I we are to love him more than mother, father, than child, even our own life. And that is true. My love for Jesus should always, always be greater than anything else. It, it typically isn't, and we all fell, fall short of that. But let me make sure we understand. We take that phrase, and then we, we, we justify lots of actions. Let me make it very clear. I want to make this very clear. To love Jesus more than your child means you don't place your child before God. In other words, your child does not become the idol. It doesn't become the, the source of worship. It doesn't mean that if I love Jesus, that means I just systematically destroy my child. If my child doesn't agree with my Christianity or goes against my Christianity, then I sacrifice my relationship with the child. No, I can still have the relationship with the child, but that relationship doesn't change my beliefs. Hey, I love Jesus, but that's my child. I'm to love my child. I should always protect that relationship. It just means I, it doesn't mean that I, that, hey, I love Jesus more than you. And because you don't do what Christians are supposed to do, you got to go. You got to get out. Down with you. I'm breaking off my relationship with you. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, that doesn't mean you're putting Jesus first. That means you're using Jesus simply as a weapon to destroy your relationship with your child. And I think that that's horrific and that is horrible. And I've seen it go down too many times. I'm going to read this tweet. Mm, I, I, it, it, it bothered me. It bothered me. Maybe it won't, but you, most of, some of you are probably going to agree with what the parent did. I obviously disagree. I'm not going to give the people's name. I mean, they, 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 first of all, the fact that they posted it on social media really, really bothers me. I have major issues with that. Okay. But here we go. Here is the tweet. I'm begging for prayers for my 19 year old daughter. Now stop right there to Christian parents. There are, this, this is a rule that every Christian family should, every Christian family should have, every non-Christian family should have. There is a, there should be an unspoken rule in your home that, now, I'm not saying abuse or illegal activity, so you got to hear what I'm saying. The home should be the sanctuary of of, of truth, trust, and, and safety. What do I mean by that? Your, your home should be a place where you as human beings, you're going to have your difficulties, you're going to have your failures, you're going to have your problems, you're going to have your ups, and you're going to have your downs, right? You're going to have your disagreements, you're going to have your fights, you're going to, the, they, the people in your family at times will see the worst of you, not the best of you, but there should be a, your home should be a sanctuary, a refuge, a city of refuge, where within those walls, I'm not talking abuse, I'm not, please hear me out, I'm not talking abuse or illegal activity. I'm not talking that. I'm saying the normal everyday things of life, when things go good or things go bad, there, it, there should be a, a, a sanctuary of protection. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for, or a place of refuge that in that home, we have our struggles, we have our disagreements, we have our fights, but you know what? We don't share that with people outside the home. We don't throw each other under the bus. We don't go tell everyone, oh, you're not going to believe what my husband did. Oh, you're not going to believe what Johnny, little Johnny did. You're not going to believe what, what, you're not going to believe what my daughter did. Why? Why would they ever trust you again? If you run to social media to let everyone know what your kid did, that is destroying trust. There should be just an unspoken rule that in this home, what you do, this is, you, you 
We value the relationship with each other, no matter how much upset we are, no matter how angry we are, we're not going to go tell someone else. Now, are we always going to follow that? No. Are we going to fall short? Yes. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. I've made mistakes. Uh, By no means, I'm not saying I'm perfect in anything I'm about to say. We're all struggle through this, but there should just be a level that, you know, my daughter does something. I'm not going to run to work and go, man, you're not going to believe what my kid did last night. Oh, you're not going to believe... No, it's no one else's business. It's no one else's business. Now, I'm not saying abuse or anything like that. You may have to report that to the appropriate authorities. You may have to seek counsel or help. I think there should be a sense of protection. Now, I'm not saying that you can't share things with a counselor, right? If you're, if you're, if you're seeking counsel for something with your child, okay, that's in a protected situation, but don't go post it on social media what your kid did. I don't care what happened, but you'll see Christian parents do that. Their kid, their kid's having some kind of problem. You know, please pray for my son. You know, he came home drunk last night. That's nobody else's business. That's you and the family. Protect your child. Once you destroy that, there's no trust in you. They can't come to you. Why would they tell you what they're doing? They can't trust you because you're going to go run and share it at the prayer meeting. Prayer meeting isn't the opportunity for you to destroy trust with your child. It's not, it's not, that's not acceptable. So here, as soon as I saw, I'm begging for prayers for my 19 year old. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. My my first thought was, okay, it's either a horrible sickness. They've been injured or they're about to just put their, their child's business all over social media. I don't know. I've got the names of the individuals right here. I got the names of the, so their name is their meaning. I could probably figure out with just a little bit of Google searching the name of their child, which is just messed up. But guess what? Everyone who knows that person knows their child. So now this child's business is being placed all over Twitter. That is wrong. That is a violation of trust. Christian parents, stop doing that to your kids. Hey, hey, ladies in the prayer group. Hey, listen, I need you to pray for my daughter because she did this. It's none of their business. Now, if the child is hurt or sick, and then you can ask your child, would it be okay that I ask someone to pray for this situation? If the child gives you permission, it's okay. Respect them as a person, as a human being. Prayer is not an opportunity to you to share everyone else's dirt. I don't know if you realize this. God is omnipresent and omniscient. You can pray. There's some things, yes, you want other people to pray for. There's some things, you know what? You pray about. You don't need to share it with anybody else. I know I'm already making people mad, but I, I get I get tired of that. Sorry. So here we go. Here, so back to the tweet. I'm begging for prayers for my 19-year-old daughter. Just found out that she's been stripping for months. Stop right there. So they just let the whole world know that their daughter is stripping. Now you could say, well, she's stripping, so obviously she doesn't care. It's that let her let people know. It's not your place to let anyone know. Protect your child. You say, well, she's 19. She's not a child. Well, to protect anyone, you should, so many Christians love to just gossip and slander. You got a problem with someone, call them. If you need prayer for them, you pray. You don't have to tell everyone's business. You could hop on and go, a prayer for uh, our family right now. We just ask that you would pray for our family. God knows the situation. You don't have to tell anyone anything. So here's someone, a Christian parent, I'm assuming, wanting prayers for their 19-year-old daughter, and they just put the child on full blast. Boom! She's stripping. Wow. And you know how that works in Christian circles. Oh, scandal. Scandalous. Has something to do with sexuality. Oh, no. You, You know that, that, you know, that will go a million. Look, 
someone someone commits the sin of pride, everybody yawns. But man, if there's any sex associated with it, boom, the whole world wants to talk about it, right? Because the sexual sin is far worse than the sin of pride, which is like under the sin of, well, okay, never mind. We won't go through all of those situations. All right, so that's already bad enough. You have a Christian parent placing their child on blast on social media. So let's just start with this. As a Christian parent, as a parent, as a husband or a wife, anything, your family has to be a place of safety. People can share, struggle, fail, make mistakes, do dumb things. And that should be protected within that unit and not shared with people outside of it. Do we, do we all make mistakes? Yes, make mistakes. I made the mistake too many times uh, as a, sometimes uh, from preaching, using family members and an illustration. That's, that, that's never good. And I would be like, and it wasn't always planned. It wasn't like a planned illustration. It's not like I wrote it down beforehand because if I did, I would ask, hey, is it okay? But in many, but it just in the getting caught up in preaching and you're like, I need an illustration here. I need an illustration here. And sometimes your mind immediately will pull from something that you've experienced or you've seen. That's what you typically do because what well, you, you know it. So I, I, I've made these mistakes as well, but you can't do that. You've got to protect people. Don't be sharing people's garbage, their, their, their information to anyone. Protect people. Love covers a multitude of sins. All right, so she asked for prayer. Yeah, the, the woman who posted this is, 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 a, is a woman. Obviously, that's redundant. The person who posted this is a woman asking for prayer for her 19-year-old daughter. Now, let me make it very clear. I feel bad for this Christian parent going through this. I do feel bad just... I just wish she would have known that's, this is not the way to do this. This is not the way to put your child on blast. But this is what really bothers me. And this is where things are about to get controversial. Again, I'm quoting from the tweet. I'm begging for prayers for my 19-year-old daughter. Just found out she's been stripping for months and is moving out of my house because that is one of my can't occur under mom's roof rules. She's also rejecting Jesus. Oh, man, 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 man. I am not a fan of Christian parents basically saying, not under my roof. You got to go. You got to get out. I'm going to kick you out. I don't ever know what that's ever supposed to have proven ever, right? What is it supposed to? They are your child. They are your child. Why are you placing your rule to, 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 to a level that destroys the relationship? What good is that? I'm kicking you out. Well, so what, so now what? Well, now what do you hope? You've just, you've destroyed that relationship. So you're, trust me, you're never going to be seen as a positive influence at that point. You're going to be viewed, they're going to view themselves as the victim and you're the one who victimized them. What, what did you, what do you accomplish by, hey, you're stripping, you've rejected Jesus. You got to get out because under my roof, you can't do that. I, I don't like that idea. And I'm, people are going to go, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Here's what I would say in every situation, do everything in your power to side with, I don't know. Here's, here's, a, here's a biblical concept. See if this sounds familiar. See if this sounds familiar, right? Um, I, I, think, I, think, I think it was Jesus who said it, right? I think, oh yeah, he said this. Oh wait, it's, it's right here. It, these are the words of Jesus. See if this sounds familiar. You've heard that it's been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to reign, uh, to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Now, you, God in his common grace causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He causes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. God in his common grace shows grace and shows love even to those of us who are not worthy. 
Well, we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Why would we would not? If we're supposed to show that kind of love to our enemies, how much more should we show that love to our children? Hey, I'm going to love you and you can live here. But here are the rules that will get you kicked out of this house. You don't follow these rules. You're gone. Can you imagine if God had his salvation work that way? You're saved. But if you do this, you're out. You're not saved. Praise God. God doesn't kick me out of his family. Good thing I'm not kicked out of the... Good thing I I still remain a son of God and I'm not kicked out even when I make mistakes. Yes, there can be consequences. Yes, there can be punishment. Yes, there can be chastisement. But when your child reaches the age of 19, I think all of those teaching punishment stages are over. Now what they may need is love. Oh, you can voice your disapproval. You can voice your disagreement in the appropriate time. But by the time they're 19, they already probably know your disagreement and disapproval. How about now demonstrate the love of Christ? How about now demonstrate the love of Christ and you just continue to live your Christian life, showing them that whatever they do is not going to to destroy your love for God and that you disagree, but I love you. I disagree with your choices, but I love you. But you're 19, you're a young adult now, but I love you and I'm here to care for you. And if they're living there, they're living there. Now, I know someone's going to email me and say, but what if they're doing drugs in your home? Okay, that's an illegal, they're doing something illegal in your home. You can say, obviously, you cannot do illegal things in the home because that puts the whole family at risk. That's an obvious, logical distinction, right? You can't come into the home and, and start cooking meth in the in the kitchen. You can't do that. Okay, obviously, you have to make, the, you have to draw a distinction there. I understand that, right? I understand that. I understand that. There's always those exceptions. I'm always willing to understand that there are times and there's exceptions where things have to occur. But you should always side with, if I'm supposed to love enemy, how much more should I love my own child? That doesn't mean you're the one, you know, hey, here's $100 so that you can go do drugs. I'm not, there are, there is wisdom. But the overarching idea is whatever things you have to do that's tough, whatever you have to do that's hard, you still want to always side on the side of love, even for an enemy. And your child, hopefully, if even if your child becomes your enemy, you want to show that love. Child stripping, okay. There's nothing illegal about it. It's immoral. I can understand from a biblical argument making it a moral argument. Your child's rejected Jesus. So therefore, guess what? They've rejected Jesus. Why would you expect them to live a Christian life? That's another thing Christian parents try to do over and over and over. A child that's clearly not a Christian, a child who's clearly not believing in Jesus, still demanding Christian behavior. Why do you demand Christian behavior from a non-Christian? Why do you demand Christian behavior for someone who's unregenerate and dead in their trespasses and sins. It makes absolutely no sense. I understand you have certain rules in your home because you don't want to disrupt everything in the home. But you got to, but at that point, you got to draw to the distinction like, hey, here are certain rules in our home, but I'm not going to try to force you to live like a Christian. I, I'm the same thing. I think there's a certain age when a child gets, when they're, when they may be, it may be safe and, and, and they're trustworthy. Um, if they no longer want to go to church, I'm not one of those. You will go to church as long as you live under my roof. What does that accomplish? Hey, clearly you're not a Christian. Clearly you don't love God. You're going to go to church. I'm going to make you go to church because that's how salvation occurs. Like, what are you, you're going to make them go to church? Like, what does that accomplish? Now, I understand when they're young, obviously, they have to go where the family goes. Obviously, I understand that. But this is like, you're, you better live the way we tell you or we're kicking you out. We, our love stops when you start engaging in behavior we disagree with. That's No, but we still love them. But why are you kicking them out then? Just, just some scriptures. 
Ephesians chapter 6. Now, Ephesians is well, a letter written to a church, so it's written to believers. So how should believers operate? Well, children should obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. A Christian child should be brought up to learn they are to obey and honor their parents. That is true. But once the child decides they're rejecting Jesus or rejecting Christianity, why would you expect that? Now, yes, there's going to be rules in the home like, hey, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. I understand that. But that, but at the same time, you don't can't demand them to be obe- obedient to Scripture that you just have to say, here's some rules in our home that we have to follow. And if you break this, here are the punishments. But it, it, there's got to be a reasonable way of looking at this. But Christian parents often forget, hey, don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't provoke your children to wrath. And bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You bring them up as they're growing up, teaching them the truth about God. You teach them the truth about God. That's all you can do. That's all you can do is just teach them the truth about God. Let's make this very clear. Whether, because a lot of times people's soteriology gets in the mix of Christian parenting and it's always baffles my mind. All right. Let's say you are semi, let's say you are full blown in the Arminian camp. You believe in libertarian free will. We can go Pelagian, semi-Pelagian, wherever, whatever classification. My child has a free will. Well, if you strongly believe in your child's free will, why are you doing everything in your power to manipulate and force that will? You don't manipulate and force someone's will. If you believe their will is free, you present the truth and then they freely will either choose or not. Manipulating or forcing the will is not them exercising their free will. It's them being forced to submit to what you want them to do. That's not that's not even being true to your own theology. I love how some Armenian parents will, will, on one hand, argue God doesn't violate man's free will because he wants their love to be voluntary. But then they turn around in their parenting and basically try to force Christianity on their child by rules and force. And if you don't do this, I'm going to kick you out. Why are you not respecting? If you believe God respects free will, why don't you respect free will? Now, I understand within reason, you can't let your child burn the house down. You can't, you know, I understand there's, there's within reason, but when it comes to spirituality and Christianity, you should respect their will. And then if you're reformed, well, you know how that situation works. God's the one who's going to save your child. You get, all you can do is present the truth. God has the one who has to, to regenerate them. God is the one who has to save them. So in Ephesians 6, this is the way it should work in a Christian situation. Children should obey. Children should honor. Parents should not provoke. And then parents should raise in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You raise them that way. But you understand you're just raising them when they're young. There's going to come a point in time where guess what? You've given them the truth. You've given them the gospel, and now, depending on your theology, either now their free will or God's sovereign election, right? At some point, that's that's what's going to determine it. Well, if your child doesn't become regenerate or begins to reject the things of God and turn from the things of God, that doesn't mean you destroy your relationship. That means you're like, okay, I am now have an unbeliever in the home. But they're my child, and I love them. And even if they were my enemy, I love them because I'm supposed to love even my enemy. And I'm supposed to remember God. Look, every time you look at your child, no matter how much they, how much, how much disobedience is there, no matter how much ungodliness may be there, no matter how much they've rejected Jesus, remember God's love for you while you were yet a sinner. Christ died for you. Remember God's love for you. Remember the common grace, the rain and sun that was given to you even in your unregenerate state. Remember how much God loves and forgives you every single day when you sin, 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 sin. There is forgiveness. There is mercy. Remember that when you're dealing with your child, not just like, you will do what I say or we're kicking you out because we love Jesus more than we love you. You can tell I get really bothered on this subject. 
And I think there's an interesting passage. It's not directly applicable. Go to 1 Peter. I was thinking about this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if in any that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So this is a wife who lives with an unregenerate husband. And it's telling the wife, you live like a Christian. You do what God calls you to do. You don't worry about what God calls them to do. Sometimes Christian wives become more bought when they're married to an unregenerate person. They're more worried about, well, what I need the unregenerate person to change. No, you continue to focus on your biblical responsibility. You live out your Christian life so that ultimately that, that you're the unbeliever who's living around you may be one, not by the words you say, but by the manner of life they encounter. Maybe sometimes what Christian kids raised in a Christian home, they need less of parents preaching, less of parents lecturing, less of parents shoving their morality down their throats, and they just need to see their Christian parents living out their Christian faith in the best way possible. Now, that's still not going to possibly convert them because I believe conversion is a work of God. But at least it will just show, hey, this, I'm trying to live out my Christian life. My Christian life is still, I'm still committed to my Christian life. I'm still dedicated to my Christian life with my mistakes and with my failures. I'm not backing down on my Christianity. But you know what? I love you. And even though we disagree, and even though you're going in a direction that I don't agree with, I love you and I'm here for you. Now, I understand there's situations, especially when it comes to, you know, obviously illegal activity, obviously. Okay. Obviously, there can be self-destructive situations. There, there, there can be time where maybe the family is actually in danger because maybe of an addiction and, and then placing the family in danger. I understand there's always situations. I'm going to get 500 emails where everyone's trying to give me, well, what about in this situation? Every situation, let me state it again, has to be looked at in light of those specific situa- those specific events and, and those specific circumstances. My thing is the overall perspective should always be, I love my child, protect the relationship, protect, protect the relationship. Oh, we may disagree. We may never come to a, we may never see eye to eye on their behavior, but just say, I love you. And the relationship is still there so that they can still hopefully still talk to you, still tell you anything. So many times in Christian homes, the kid is raised in a situation like, I can tell my parent everything that agrees with Christianity, but anything I feel, anything I desire, anything that I'm doing that's opposed to Christianity, can't tell them because they'll lose their minds. I mean, no, you should be, they should be able to tell you anything. Anything. Now you may, and and guess what? It, It doesn't mean every single time you have to start preaching a sermon to them. Like, well, how are you doing? What can we, how can we work through this together? What do you need from me? How can I help you? Show love to them like you're supposed to show love your enemy. You're supposed to love even people who are persecuting you and misusing you. So you can't love your child that way? And where do you get in from a, from a New Testament Christianity where you're supposed to kick your kid out? Where is that, where is that a Christian perspective? If your child does this, kick them out. Even in the prodigal son, it was the child who chose to leave. It wasn't the, the father who kicked him out. He took his, he wanted his inheritance and he went and did whatever he want. And he came back and his father was there waiting for him. Sometimes the child will want to leave. It's not our job to try to drive them out. That we, it's like some Christian parents, it's almost like a badge of honor. Well, my child was doing this, and I'm like, not in my home. It's a Christian home. Get out. Well, what happens when you make, uh, what, what happens if you're not living up to the Christian standard? Do you have to leave? Do you have to get out? 
Is, is, is admitting, admittance, or how can I say this? Is admission to your family dependent on one's uh, salvation status? You're only in this family if you claim to love Jesus, prove you love Jesus, and live according to Jesus. But your, our family relationship ends. You've got to go. We're breaking off contact. Now, if you want to make a biblical argument, the biblical argument would be far more if your kid claims to be a Christian and is doing those things. The Bible says far more about if someone claims to be a brother, if someone claims to be a Christian, that sometimes you have to separate yourself. The Bible's more about separating yourself from professing believers who are engaged in wrong behavior, far more than it is about separating yourself from an unbeliever. The unbeliever is going to live like an unbeliever. I know that's a shock. But we want, the Christians always want unbelievers to live like Christians. By force in some cases. So now let me read this whole tweet together. I'm begging for prayers for my 19-year-old daughter. Just found out she's been stripping for months and is moving out of my home because that is one of, of my can't occur under my roof rules. She's also rejecting Jesus. My heart is breaking. Now I feel really bad that this person's heart is breaking. I really do. And I feel bad for the mother. I just feel so bad that she's getting rid of her child because her child won't, I guess, follow Christian morality, even though the child has rejected Jesus. Why can't you love your child? Why is it that Christians can't love someone who rejects Jesus? Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but of everlasting life. There's a general common love that God gave even to you while you were yet a sinner. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. How about this? Is Maybe this is the time your child needs to see a compassion and a mercy and a love. She's probably already heard all the sermons. She's probably heard all the lectures. She's probably She probably has all the rebukes memorized. I mean, the child's 19. Now, I know I'm going to get some some big, bold Christian parent. Well, when they're 19, they shouldn't be in the house anyway. Get them out. They need to learn to stand on their own. Okay, whatever. Okay, I'm not, look, if that's, your, if that's your philosophy, go with it. My thing, that's my child. My child can come back to my home anytime. It's not a burden. It's a privilege. It's an honor if my child needs to be in my home for whatever the case may be. Oh, yeah, there's always... Uh, Different dynamics when the child comes back and they're older and they're over 18. It's sometimes difficult. It's sometimes difficult to make that. Mm, okay, you know, okay, how do we how do we work this? Because the child in some cases will just kind of act like a child and like, hey, I, you know, I, this is mom and dad's house. I can do what I want. And sometimes you kind of go, well, wait a minute now. You're not a child anymore. You're an adult. So I need you to help out with some things. Right. So I understand that those could be, but those are weird dynamics that you have to work together through. It shouldn't be like, nope, you're 19. Get out. Cause I love Jesus. Get out. You got to learn, stand on your own. I love Jesus. You listen to the wrong music. Get out. Well, whatever Christians do, it's, I've seen insanity in these situations. Child's 19. Now, if your child was 16, 17, breaking the law, then you got to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now we got a legal situation to deal with. We've got to place, we, we, we can't allow our Christianity to, to be the very thing that destroys our relationship with our ch- children. And I know I'm going to get, you're supposed to love Jesus more. Yes, you are supposed to love Jesus more. But your love for Jesus doesn't become a baseball bat that you can obliterate your relationship with just because you're trying to prove your, you don't have to prove that you love Jesus more. Just demonstrate that you love Jesus more by the fact that, okay, you've rejected Jesus. You're not living according to Christianity. Okay, I disagree with you. You know that, but you know mom or dad loves you. 
We're going to be right here to support you, but we're going to keep loving. We're going to keep following Jesus. We're going to keep listening to sermons or reading our Bible or going to church, but we're not going to try to impose it on you by force. You're now old enough. You've made a determination in your life that your, the faith is not no longer yours. You were living, you were living the faith basically via proxy, just by your association with us as a little kid. But now you've come to a, a, a time in your life where you are no longer a Christian. Okay, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to hold it against you anyway. Faith, whether you're Reformed or whether you are believing in Arminian perspective, faith is a personal thing. It's your personal faith. My faith can't save my kid. So, all right, I'm going to respect you now as an, as an adult, as, or not as an adult, as a younger adult, now that your faith has become your thing and you've, you've decided it's not yours. You decided it's mom and dad's, it's not yours. I respect that. Going to love you. I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm not going to be bothering you or pestering you about it. You already know the truth. I've done what I can do. But now our relationship is fine. You're like, so what do you mean your relationship is fine? It's not, okay, my relationship, let's say if I was this situation, okay, my 19-year-old stripping. Oh, I'm not, I can't go see your strip show. I can't go to the club and watch you. Well, one, that would be awkward and weird. Two, I'm not going to go to that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. But you know what? If you need me to drive you to work or pick you up, I will. I know some Christian parents just went, oh, what? I disagree with what you're doing, but I, I can't, I mean, I've already given my, my voice to the fact that I believe that is wrong. But I'm going to just show love and support. I know some people get very upset about that. Some Christian parents. I know I'm about to walk into a a minefield here, but I'm going to say it. Your child. 16, 17. Clearly, they, Christianity is not for them, so they don't claim to be a Christian. They're 16 and 17. They come to you, Mom, Dad, I'm a lesbian, or Mom, Dad, I'm a homosexual, and now I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend, and they're now in a same-sex relationship. Okay, they're, they're, not, they're not saved. You already, you, you know, they know your views that, that homosexuality is a sin. You don't need to preach it again. You don't need to scream at them again. Okay. All right. Some people will say, what do you do? I love my kid. I love my kid. You say, well, how do you handle the relationship? Just like I would handle the relationship if my daughter was dating a guy and clearly they were engaged in fornication or premarital sex, would I just not have anything to do. No. Okay, fine. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show love and I'm going to show compassion and love even for, for the person that you're in a relationship with. You say you would let them in. Your, why would I not let them in my home? I would let them in the home if she was dating a guy and they were engaged in premarital sex. Why, why wouldn't I? You say, well, it's wrong. And premarital sex is wrong. Okay. Right. I mean, they're an unbeliever. They're an unbeliever, so I can't hold them to Christian morality. So I would just show no problem, okay? I disagree, but they already know that. So I don't need, it's not time for me to show that again. And I would, I like, okay, fine. I would just treat them that, that hey, that's, this is their relationship. Okay, hopefully I get along with the other person and, and show compassion in the family. And, and it wouldn't be like, hey, I agree with this. We'd be like, I love you. This is the person that you're in love with, okay. And I would try to show as much compassion as, and respect as I can. It's not necessarily agreement, but respect. You say, well, what happens if they become 18, 19 and want to get married? There's always this thing that, that what should Christian parents do? Well, what should you do? I mean, again, let me ask the question. If they were being engaged in premarital sex, been engaged in premarital sex, what, what if the, the person she's dating left their spouse to get married? Right. And that they're getting, she's getting married to someone and that, that it's not going to be a biblical marriage. Would you go to the marriage? My, my thing is, is I'm not showing support. I'm showing love for my daughter. I'm not saying, Hey, I agree with this. I'm showing that I love you. And even though we disagree, and even though you know that I think it's wrong, I still love you. And I'm here for you at this very important time in your life. Now, where I have a problem is if they claim to be a Christian 
and they're being married in a church. Now you're, you're bringing my Christianity into it. And that's where it becomes really convoluted, right? And like, wait a minute now. So you're claiming to be a Christian and you're engaging in blatant something that's unbiblical and you're being married in a church where they're going to invoke the name of God and Jesus. Oh, okay. Now, now that becomes a problem. If it's not in a church, then, you know, okay, well, I mean, they're not invoking God. I mean, then, then I don't have to worry about it. But when they bring that in, that does become problematic. Some people say, well, you, you're showing agreement. I'm not showing agreement. I'm showing that you are my child and I love you. I've already shown my disagreement with that. I know, I'm, I'm going to get so many emails on some of this. Christian parents, just think it through. As the Christian woman in 1 Peter 3, who's married to an unbeliever, what she is told is live out your Christian life. Show your Christianity in your actions. You stay, you're not told to leave your husband because he's an unbeliever. You're not told to separate. You stay there and then you demonstrate your Christianity to them so that they may be one without a word. I'm scared here because not always, but 90% of the time when I'm talking about things, someone will come into the live chat. It has been dead, deadly silent. I know there will be disagreement. I understand that. Here was what I would ask you. Is it possible is it possible that some of your parental philosophy and your parental ideology is determined more by your own personal preferences, your own personal thoughts, maybe the way you were raised, maybe the, the part of the country you were brought up in? Maybe that is more of an influence than actually the word of God, because I don't know if we have clear scriptural evidence. Kick them out. Get rid of them. Kick them out. Don't do this. Don't. We, we come up with a lot of extra biblical rules. And then we impose that and tell everyone they're not doing it the right way unless they follow those extra biblical rules. I'm arguing that the one biblical rule is to love even your enemy. I think that would mean you should love your child as much. I know this, imposing Christian morality on an unregenerate heart only usually creates rebellion. So you may disagree, and that's perfectly okay. I don't make any rules for how you raise your kids. You're going to do it your way. If you're young, if you're young and your kids are young, you probably think right now you've got it all figured out. You probably think you've solved the parental mystery. You've, you've figured it all out. Just wait till your children are grown. Then contact me and let me know how it turned out. So way too many Christian parents who have young kids who just are arrogant and think they've got it all figured out. And then by the time their kids are grown, they realize, what did we do wrong? And then you're going to sit and live with regret. We should have been more conservative. We should have been less conservative. We should have had more rules. We should have had less rules. But you know what? You're, no, matter, no matter who you are, I want you to make sure you understand this. And I'll end with this. I don't care who you are. One day, you're going to wake up and there's a good chance that all of your parental philosophy and styles ended in a situation where you have a child or children who have rejected God, rejected Jesus, and are not saved. And you're going to sit there with a lot of regrets thinking, man, maybe we should have did this. Maybe we should have did this. And you're going to think about all the things you wish you could have done, right? And I think your theology will greatly determine a lot of that. But I, I, if you believe in uh, uh, the sovereign work of God, you understand their salvation of that child is ultimately the sovereign work of God. You have responsibility, but still the sovereign work of God. So that may help you a little bit, but no matter what, no matter what view you have, you're going to be left there looking at your parental strategy that you used and go, man. Where did I go wrong? But let me make it clear. 
You can sit there and debate that and, and wallow in your own self-pity. But you will be devastated if after everything you tried simply resulted in the end of your relationship with your child. That you, If you feel that there's some godly badge of honor because you've destroyed your relationship with your child, that's what, no, that's what can remain. The relationship with your child, a good relationship, a loving relationship can remain even if they aren't Christians, even if they've rejected everything about Christianity. Oh, you'll never have a spiritual bond. You'll never be in agreement mor- morally, theologically. You may be agreement, a disagreement about different culture wars, but you can still have a loving relationship with your child. And you don't have to preach to them every time. You don't have to voice your disagreement every time they say something. You're like, okay, they already know you disagree. Now, if they keep baiting you, sometimes you have to say, come on now, come on. You know we disagree. What are you trying to do here? What are you trying? Are you just trying to get us into a fight? Are you? Oh, what are you trying to do here? Sometimes you can just say, "Hey, come on." But you can hopefully have the best relationship you can. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Because there's gonna there's gonna be times you want to correct your child because you want them to come to the knowledge of the truth. But you know what? God's gonna have to open their eyes. You had, you know, you have a good ten, ten to thirteen years. When your child is born, you've got about 10 to 13 years where they will be very willing to listen to you and learn about you and talk about Jesus and talk about the Bible. And in many cases, be very friendly to it, not hostile in any way, shape, or form in many cases. Some, the children will kind of become, ah, I don't like any of this earlier on. But you have a very good a window there of great opportunity. So you can pour it into them, and then they're going to reach a point where... Okay, you can tell that they're done with it. And then what are you going to do? Going to force it? Going to yell? Going to ground them? Going to make them? Going to demand it? You're just going to make them more and more bitter, and you're going to drive them further and further away from you. And so then your Christian influence is not going to be present anymore because your relationship with them has been utterly destroyed. All right, you can email me your disagreements. Here we go. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Pray for this woman and her child. Pray that their, their relationship would be restored then pray for the child's salvation. You say, I need the name. No, you don't. God knows the child, right? He's known the child before the foundations of the world. Knew before the foundations of the world that the child would, in the month of July 2022, would start stripping. Sometimes as parents, I think sometimes we think we we need to do more than God can do. There's a limit to what we can and cannot do. All right, I'll stop there. Thanks for listening. God bless.